Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. Our listener support campaign continues. You can support the show on a one-time basis at support.greatdetectives.net. And you can also send a donation through the Zelle app to box13 at greatdetectives.net. If you send along a donation of $20 or more, we'll send you an ebook of your choice uh, that I've written. Plus, uh, additional thank you gifts are available, including... With a donation of $25 or more, we'll send you Colonial Radio Theater's production of The Martian Chronicles or King Solomon's Mines. So, a couple genres, but both are really well done uh, productions, faithful to the originals, and uh, really worth a very long listen. Some great entertainment value. We'll send that to you with a donation of $25 or more. Also, at the $50 or $100 level, we'll send you an, a gift certificate to RadioArchives.com. The $100 level will also, uh, another option we have is the Emma Peel Megaset. Get every single episode of the Avengers featuring Emma Peel uh, as played by Diana Rigg, and that is with a donation of $100 or more to listeners in the U.S. or Canada. Full list of available items is at support.greatdetectives.net. All right, now it's time for today's episode of Not Beat. The original air date, September the 11th of 1952. And this one is Larry the Understudy. NBC presents, transcribed, Frank Lovejoy in... Night Beat. Hi, this is Randy Stone. I cover the night beat for the Chicago Star. Mostly I write about people, a great commodity, all kinds of people. Tall, short, honest, crooked, hopeful, and hopeless. You stand on the corner of State and Lake at noon and they rush by you like an unchecked avalanche. You buy a ticket at Soldier's Field and you see them again. A faceless, nameless mass of humanity, shouting, shoving, pushing. They all look alike when you see them that way, in the aggregate. But take them one at a time. Watch them when they're worried or scared. Listen to them when they brag or weep. Listen well, don't jump to conclusions, and maybe you get yourself a story. That's my job. It was a brutal, hot night. It was too hot to hang around the city room, but the street wasn't any better. The air stood still, and so did my mind. I was as devoid of inspiration on what to tell my alleged readers as I was on ideas on how to keep cool. The seer sucker suit I'd bought in the hopes it would give me a Princeton air only made me look like a wilted bookkeeper. I stood on the corner in front of the paper to take off my coat when a voice called from a parked car. Hey, Stone, get in the car. Take you for a little ride. Hmm? I turned around and the voice came from the back seat of a conservative job. A robin's egg blue limousine, and it belonged to Mushy Sindel. 
A dapper little hood who muscled into crime between repeal and keep over. I wouldn't say he's the most powerful racketeer in Chicago, but when he calls for you personally, well, it's not considered polite to refuse. So I got in and the car nosed its bulk into traffic. How do you like my new car, Randy? Real George. Hey, it's cool in here. Naturally. You think I'm going to sweat my brains out? <laughs> How'd you get it so cool, machine? Refrigeration. With a humidity like it is, I said you got to use refrigeration. Got to be careful with refrigeration. You know, too much, you catch cold. You see the schedule over here? What do you think? Thermostat. I even control the temperature. Hey, that's terrific. You're darn right. Nothing but the best. If you got the dough, you can buy anything. If it's hot, you cool it off. If it's cold, you heat it up. If you like something, you buy it. If you don't, you pay to get rid of it. <laughs> Simple as that. Money talks. With you, it yells murder. <laughs> You're a kidder, Randy. A real kidder. You come a long way, Mushy. In the old days, bulletproof cars. Now, heatproof. <laughs> With me, same difference. I'm a pretty good kid myself, huh? Well, that depends. Where are you taking me? I gather you didn't pick me up just to cool me off. I hope. Ah, you're smart, Randy. Get right to the point. That's what I like about you. Yeah, you're cute, too. Where are we going? I'm going to give you the break of your life, kid. I'm going to let you scoop every paper in town. Oh? You going to let the government look into your safety deposit box? <laughs> you're a riot, a real riot. Yeah. <laughs> and I've enjoyed the ride, and I'm all cooled off now, and I've got a living to make, so... If you all have handsome up there in the front seat, stop this armored icebox, I'll dig up a story. Relax, Stone. Relax. It's all taken care of. I got you a story. Now, we'll get out here. Here? This is the old Empress Theater. So what? Now, don't tell me that you're making book in the lobby. You know it ain't legal to make book anymore. Yeah, I know. I just wondered if you knew. Look, Randy, I laughed at your bum jokes, but this crack ain't funny. And ain't even, even friendly, see? I see. Okay, then. We'll go inside. The Empress Theater had been dark for months, and judging from the deserted lobby, as I followed Mushy, it was still dark. But as we got inside, I discovered there was a rehearsal going on. The pit was full of musicians. The electricians were experimenting with lighting effects. And on the stage, no less than 50 dancers were doing a chorus number. Mushy sat down on the aisle about midway in the house, and since it was cool there, so did I. Watch those kids dance, eh? I bought me the best dancers in Chicago. You see those guys in the pit? Real long-hand musicians playing the winter for those uh, symphony things, you know? <laughs> like I told you, money can buy anything. Mushy, are you bankrolling this show? So what's wrong with that? Baby's got talent. You wanted a doll on the vine because you ain't got a showcase for it? Baby? The doll. Shh, shh, wait a minute. Here's our address. Wait till you see her. Wait till you see the clash it's got. This is going to open your eyes. In one way, Mushy was right in his appraisal of Baby's talent. When she was on the stage, you weren't likely to close your eyes. She was a big girl, very blonde, and poured into a more off-than-on practice costume. She couldn't dance, that's for sure, but I'll give her this. She was willing to please. Baby didn't need a showcase for her talent. Baby needed a runway. <laughs> that's great, baby. That's wonderful. Wonderful, sweetie, wonderful. <laughs> 
Well, Randy, now you've seen her. What do you think? Eh? Oh, that's uh, quite a girl. <laughs> then I tell you, then I tell you. Where's the story you brought me in to get? Baby. Baby's a story. You're going to plug in your newspaper, see? Everybody in Chicago is going to know about her. When we open next month, she's going to be a smash, and then we go on to New York. Wait a minute, Mushy, know? Mushy, hold it. I don't do that kind of thing. You want George Davis. He handles the drama page. Him, I don't know. You, I do. What do you want? What do you want, huh? How much? Name your price. Well, I'm flattered, Mushy, but... You can't be bought, huh? Now, don't give me that. Everybody's got a price. Well, come on, come on. Name your price. Well, you shut up up there. I'm trying to talk. Hey, Joe. Go on with the rehearsal, huh? You can't, Mr. Sindel. What do you mean you can't? You're the stage manager, ain't you? What do you think I'm paying for? Well, I'm terribly sorry, Mr. Sindel, but we've done everything we can without Mr. Jerome. Jerome? You mean he didn't show up for rehearsal? Oh, he showed up. They poured him out of a taxi. Sleeping now in the dressing room. So I wake him up. Do I have to think of everything? Got a bum on the stage. Well, I, I'm afraid we can't. He he won't see light of day till tomorrow. Oh, no. Why it'll mushy Sindel get through with him? Mushy charged up toward the dressing rooms, followed by a nervous stage manager, followed by me. I was curious to see him buy his way out of this situation. But he didn't get beyond the stairs to the stage. He was stopped there by one of the chorus boys. Please, Mr. Sindel, I know the dance. Out of my way, get out of my way. But I'm Mr. Jerome's understudy. I know all the routines, all the numbers. If you'd only let me do it just this once, just for tonight. Well, understudy, huh? You can do all the numbers, all the routines? You bet I can. You can, huh? All right, then what are we waiting for? Hey, Joe! The orchestra hit it and the lights dimmed. As they came up again, Baby and the understudy were discovered on stage, curled up on a big native drum. And they went into the number. It was painful to watch. Baby was way out of her class. She was way out of her class because the boy was great. How great, I didn't realize until he did another number and another and finally a solo. It was a blues number, low down and melancholy. And it could have been just that, just the dance routine, but he made it more, much more. He made it into a lament for a lost people. And yet, in it, you could feel promise and hope. I'm not one to go wild for terpsichore, but the way this boy danced, he made it something intangibly sensitive, yet he gave it guts and virility. He could have made a stevedore understand what he was trying to say. Yes, and even Mushy Sindel. Mushy was watching the boy with a look on his face I'd only seen him wear when one of his nags was out in front. When the last bar was finished... And it was a spontaneous thing. Performers, stagehands, the most hard-boiled audience in the world applauding and cheering. Yes, sir, a real success story. The boy took a bow and he was grinning from ear to ear and then he ran into the wing. What do you think, Ronnie? Huh? What do you think? Oh, he's got it, Mushy. I'm going to make a star out of that kid. Why, he'll be the biggest thing on Broadway in the movies. I'll make him so famous he'll even be driving a car like mine. Hey, Joe! Hey, Joe! 
Where is that stage manager? You can never find anybody. Joe! Here I am, Mr. Sindel. Uh, hey, Joe, come here, come here. <coughs> Get that kid. I want to sign him up. Exclusive contract. Oh, I'm afraid you can't. What do you mean you can't? We'll dump Jerome. We'll start a kid in his place. But you can't. Who do you think you're talking to? I can do anything. So Jerome makes us think. I bought off his contract. I want that kid. I don't care what it costs, what we got to do. I want the kid. Now bring him in here. But that, that's what I've been trying to tell you. He's gone. What? He quit. What are you talking about? He can't quit. But he did. Two weeks ago, I gave him his notice. Tonight was his last night. Well, why didn't you tell me before? Well, I didn't think it was important. He was just a chorus boy. And you let him get away. Why, you stupid, idiotic, crazy, no-good numbskull. I decided not to wait for the bloodshed. I walked across the stage and was on my way to the stage door exit when Baby intercepted me. Look, you. Oh, me? Yeah. Don't go making like a lost and found, huh? Don't get any ideas about bringing that kid back here. He's gone. He's happy. I'm happy. Just leave it late. Oh? You didn't like his dancing? You kidding? It was terrific, and you know it. Oh, I see. It's the competition that bothers you. Look, newsboy. With Jerome, this turkey will be stuffed. But with that kid, the show will be a hit, and that means... That means I gotta sweat in the spotlight every night and soak my feet when the show's over and watch my weight. Ain't that better way to live? Well, I don't get it. Mushy said that he was putting on the show for you. Oh, that mush. He don't have any brains. He thinks I belong in show business. But believe me, I've had my fill of show business and up to here. I've done my time. Five a day. Now all I want to do is relax and I want to get fat and I want to wear my mink coat and cook for Mushy. Maybe that little jerk will marry me. So, so don't go bringing that kid back here, okay? <laughs> it's okay with me, but you better check with Mushy. It was an interesting slant on the theater. A gangster bankrolling a show for a girl who didn't want a career. But if I knew Mushy, she'd have her career no matter what it cost. And it was even money he'd have the understudy signature in a contract before the night was out. It was a newsworthy little item, but strictly for the drama page, and I still had a story to find. So I waved goodbye to Mushy. I walked out the stage door into the alley where the stage manager was cooling off after his bout with Mushy. Who's he yelling at now? Ah, uh, the uh, orchestra leader. You know, this is the last time, believe me, that I'll ever manage a show for anybody like him. That ignorant little lit with oh, the Mushy is love. all right. He's all right. He'll calm down when the kid comes back. How did I know a thing like this would happen? Why... I'd never have accepted his notice. Love to see that kid's face when he finds out they want him to replace the star. Oh, he knows. He knows? Yeah, that's what burns me. The doorman tells me that he stood right there in the wings and heard the whole thing. He heard Sindel say that he'd make him a star. And then he just walks off and leaves me holding the bag. Who is this boy? Oh, just a hoofer, a nobody. Name's Larry Wilson. Why, he hadn't worked in months until I gave him a job. But didn't he say why he was quitting? Didn't he uh, say anything? Well, not to me, he didn't. Saved his exit line for the doorman. What did he say to the doorman? Well, I'll give it to you verbatim. Not that it makes any sense. He said, and I quote, Just think, Pop, I could have been a star. Could have been? Verbatim, could have been. NBC is bringing you Nightbeat. Starring Frank Lovejoy as Randy Stone. This coming Monday, thousands of children will be going back to school. Four times a day, these children will be walking to and from school. You are urged to be careful, to be watchful, 
to be safe. Statistics show that in one year's time, 61,000 children were killed or injured by motor vehicles. Watch for children darting out from that blind spot between parked cars. Watch for them as they get on and off school buses. Watch for children playing on the sidewalks and crossing the streets going to and from school. Remember this slogan, a child may dare, drive with care. And now back to Nightbeat and Randy Stone. What started off to be the cliche of the understudy had twisted its way into my line of fire. My curiosity was aroused, to say the least. What was Larry Wilson like and why had he quit? It was easy to find out where he lived. The doorman had his address along with the names and addresses of all the kids in the chorus. It was a theatrical boarding house on Gordon Street. A tired, mildewed-looking place with a landlady to match. Her name was Mrs. Dick. If you've come about a room, I got one, but it ain't ready yet. I'm not looking for a room. I'm looking for one of your rumors. Oh, oh, you some money, huh? Well, take it from me. It won't do you much good to dun them, any of them. They're show people. Well, I just want to talk to one of them, a boy by the name of Larry Wilson. Oh, that one. A real creep. Take it from me. Oh? In what way? Keeps his room clean. I go in there, there's never anything lying around. Clean like a tomb. Dancing. What sort of a job is that for a man, dancing? Well, this is all a very interesting character analysis, but I'd like to talk to Mr. Wilson if you'll call him. You're too late. He's gone. He's gone? When he come back here tonight after the rehearsal, all flushed and excited, danced up the stairs, mind you, whistling. As if the world wasn't gone to pieces and people didn't have trouble all over. I told the people in this house are like a quiet, respectable place. You think there were a cage full of monkeys, the way these show people carry on? Yeah, uh, about Mr. Wilson. What about him? He's gone. Well, where'd he go? Well, how would I know? I'm the last one who knows what's going on in my own house. I've been like a mother to these kids. I took care of them, fed them when they had the money to pay. And when they get a break, they just walk out on me. I said to him, I don't suppose we'll be hearing from you now that you've got your break. And he said, I won't forget you, Mrs. Diggs. Bless you, Mrs. Diggs. That way he's got. What way? Oh, humble, I guess you'd call it. Oh, he's got that humble act down pat. <laughs> if I may make an observation, you don't seem to like Larry Wilson. What good does it do to like any of them? You wait on them hand and foot, and when they get a break, they move out on you. You keep talking about Larry getting a break. You mean the show he's been rehearsing with? Oh, not that, no. Well, that ain't good enough for him, apparently. He's leaving town. Probably going to Hollywood. Oh, he told me about him offering the lead tonight. Don't take it from me. You can't believe these show people when they shoot off their mouths. Well, you take it from me, it's on the level. They offered him the lead and he turned it down. See? What'd I tell you? He's got something better up his sleeve. He's going someplace grand to live where it'll cost him a lot more than here. And after I treated him like a mother. Uh, do you have any possible idea where I could find him? Well, you might ask her. Her? Dan Dugan. She was always lollygagging around after him. Now, where does Jan Dugan live? Well, she lives here, like all the rest of the unemployed actors in town. Oh, well, would you call her, please? I can't. She's not home. She don't get home till after 11. <laughs> well, do you know where I could find her? Sure, she's on the corner at the ham and egg. She slings hash there. Something no decent girl would have done in my day. Take it from me. Yeah, I uh, take it you've been a mother to Miss Dugan, too. Just how do you mean that? Well, if I tried to be explicit, I'm afraid you'd be insulted. Well... 
mother of Chicago's unemployed thespian slammed the door in my face. The mother vulture, that is. I walked out of the corner where the white enameled ham and egg gleamed in the shabby neighborhood like an elk's tooth on a dark vest. It was five minutes of eleven. There weren't many customers in the place. A dark-haired waitress was pinning on the cap and apron that was starched as stiff as celluloid, while a fragile blonde, about to go off duty, gave her a rundown on who had been served and who hadn't. I sat on a stool. The brunette waitress started to serve me. I uh, know the blonde young lady, please. But I'm going off duty, sir. Is your name Jan Dugan? Yes. I'd like to talk to you if I could about Larry Wilson. Larry? What about Larry? Well, my name is Randy Stone. I'm with the Chicago Star. He's hurt. Something's happened to him. Has he had an accident? Is that it? Oh, no, no, no. It's nothing like that. I oh. I just want to ask you some general questions about him. I'm a friend of Larry's. Oh, all right. If you'll wait for me out on the sidewalk, I'll be right out, Mr. Stone. I sat on the fire hydrant in front and waited for her. It's funny, I'd only exchanged a few words with her, but instinctively I felt this girl who was swinging hash because the theater hadn't found a place for her would one day be a great actress. Not because she was theatrical, she wasn't. She was plain, simple, and unaffected. She looked you right in the eye when she talked to you, and you could see it shining there back of her eyes. Sincerity and depth. I'm sorry I kept you waiting, Mr. Stone, but I'm not allowed to leave until the stroke of 11. Mrs. Diggs says you're an actress. Well, I think I'm an actress, but I haven't proven it to anyone else. I thought we could talk for a minute. Shall we walk back to your boarding house? Oh, no. It's bad enough to have to sleep there without being there when you don't have to. Yes, I know. I've met Mother Diggs. Oh, what about Larry? You said you were a friend of his? Well, it's not exactly accurate. Let's say I'm a fan. I've never met him, but I saw him dance tonight. You saw him dance? Yeah. Didn't you know he went on tonight for Jerome? That they'd offered him the lead in the show? Did they? Oh, did they really? He'd have been on his way to being a star, but he turned it down. Mrs. Diggs said he must have had another offer. Yes. Yes, another offer. Oh, I wish I could have seen him. You you say he was, was good, huh? He was magnificent. Oh, I knew he would be. I've never seen him dance, but he talked to me about it. and Well, I've talked to him about being an actress. Well, sometimes you just have to talk about it. It's like you're starving, and if you don't talk about it, you'll die. Did Larry feel that way about dancing, I mean? Oh, no. No, but then, of course, Larry was different than other people. He loved to dance, but he didn't need it, like I need to act. Larry was... Well, I, I guess you could say Larry knew where he was going, so he was never afraid of failure or success or, well, anything. Why past tense, Jan? It's like you were saying Larry's gone for good. I'm trying to get used to it. Must be a pretty hot deal he's got. Seems he walked out on everything, even you. He never was in love with me, Mr. Stone. Don't get that idea. And he couldn't help it that I was in love with him. Oh, he talked to me lots of times about it. He, he tried to get me to go out with other men, but just wasn't any good. Well, I didn't mean to probe, Jan. I'd, I'd like to talk to Larry. Do you know where he went? Yes, I, I can take you there. And well, when you see him, will you give him a message for me? Why don't you give it to him yourself? Oh, no, I'd, I'd be afraid I'd cry, and I, I wouldn't want to do that. All right, Jan. What's the message? Well, tell him, tell him this afternoon when we said goodbye that, well, I said a lot of things I didn't mean. Tell him I'm sorry. Tell him I've thought about it, and, and I'm trying to get used to it. Tell him I won't ever forget him.
We walked down the street two or three blocks. She didn't look at me again. My mind was churning with the bits and pieces of the jigsaw that was Larry Wilson. I felt the frustration of a jigsaw addict who's searching for that last piece to complete the puzzle. Yet I couldn't ask Jan Dugan any more questions. I didn't have the heart to. Here we are, Mr. Stone. Here? You'll find him in there. She ran into the darkness, and I stood and looked at the gray stone building with its stained glass windows and cross. St. Michael's Church. But it wasn't in front of the church we'd stopped, but at the rectory. I went up the sidewalk and knocked at the door. An elderly priest opened it. Yes? Oh, excuse me, Father. I'm looking for a young man by the name of Larry Wilson. I was told I could find him here. Come in. In here, in my study. It's comfortable here. Thank you. Larry Wilson. Sit down, young man. Sit down. Thank you, Father. And uh, what did you want to see Larry about? Oh, is he here? Yes. He's in the church. No, no, no. No, no. Oh, don't go in. No. Uh, tell me, young man, what do you want to see him about? I want to give him a message. A message now? Yes, from a girl named Jan Dugan. Jan Dugan. And uh, what is the message, if you don't mind telling me? Well, I... I uh... I don't exactly understand it, but I gather that whatever he's going to do is okay with her. Uh, a good girl, Jan. Um, and is all, that all you came for, young man? Uh, no, not exactly. See, Father, my name is Randy Stone. I'm a newspaper man. Uh, I'm afraid I came out of curiosity. It's a good thing, curiosity, within reason. And what is it you're curious about? Well, I caught a rehearsal tonight uh, of a show. I'd, I saw... Larry Wilson danced. Did you now? And how was the lad? Well, he was brilliant. That's the only word for it. He could have had the lead in the show. He could have become a star. A star? You mean famous like the Kelly boy out in Hollywood? Yeah, yeah. Or uh, a stare or a bulge. He's as good as any of them. Ah, it's a great profession. Dancing. Brings joy to the heart of the dancer and it spills joy out over to everybody that watches. And you say Larry was good. And that he had what it takes. Oh, that and more. But he ran out. That's what I'm curious about. Why does a dancer, one who can dance like he does, quit when success is right there? No, no, hold it, hold it. Don't go jumping to conclusions, Larry. Larry didn't run out. He made a decision tonight. And I might add a very difficult one. I don't follow you, Father. When a man has a talent, it's a gift from God. He should cherish it and develop it. And, and give it to the world. It's a lucky man to have a talent, but Larry... Well, Larry had a problem. You see, he had two talents, and he couldn't follow them both. He had to give one up. The choice had to be from inside. It had to be right. And tonight, he made that choice. What, Father? What other talent? Oh, didn't you know that? Why... Larry's gone to school. He's leaving tonight for the seminary. Seminary? Yes. Larry's going to become a priest. For the second time, I had no words. I picked up my hat and said thank you and good night. 
I walked out of the rectory down the sidewalk, and there, waiting for me at the curb, was the blue armored icebox and the man who could buy anything, Mushy Sindel. Well, Stone, you took your time coming up. How'd you know I was here? I had my boys tell you when you started asking questions about this Larry Wilson. I know you'd track him down. You find him? Yeah, he's in there. Ah, right on a church, huh? What a bum do, cross me and sign up with some other show? Uh, yeah, something like that. I wouldn't go in if I were you, Marcy. I'm afraid he's not available. <laughs> what do you mean, everybody's available? For a price. Well, I don't know. I'll lay your odds you can't buy off his sponsor. He's signed for a long run. No, just watch me operate. He stays in there, huh? Yeah. Okay. You coming? No, no, I've, uh, I got a story to write, but... Call me later at the paper, will you, Mushy? Huh? I'd like to get your reaction. People, the city's big commodity. Trying to figure one of them is like trying to figure the races. You call it one way and they run the other. Mushy Sindel, he was easy to figure. He followed a pattern right down the line. But Baby, now there was a twist. Who'd pick her for a frustrated house frog? And Larry Wilson? I'll never see anybody dance again without thinking about him. The boy who made the choice between the glamour and the glory. Copy, boy. Starring Frank Lovejoy is produced and directed by Warren Lewis. Tonight's transcribed story was written by John and Gwen Bagney, with music by Robert Armbruster. Featured in tonight's cast were Bill Conrad, G.G. Pearson, Shep Mencken, Ruth Parrott, and Victor Rodman. Frank Lovejoy appeared through the courtesy of Warner Brothers, producers of The Miracle of Our Lady of Fatima. Listen next week at this time, and every week as Randy Stone searches through the city for the strange stories waiting for him in the darkness. Nightbeat came to you from Hollywood. NBC, the national broadcasting company. Hi, this is Andrew from otrwesterns.com. I wanted to invite you to come take a look at our site where we put out podcasts of old-time radio westerns. Check us out at otrwesterns.com. You're listening to The Great Detectives of Old-Time Radio with Adam Graham. Now let's get back into the show. Welcome back. Another good mystery. I particularly did find the priest's view of the dancing profession to be interesting. 
And the Vue Express isn't just something that you would uh, hear from a religious person. It was a core idea that many people in the entertainment industry profess. The idea that to be an actor or to be a singer wasn't just merely to perform and make a lot of money and get yourself famous. It was that by your performance, you brought lightness and joy to other people. And that's something that uh, I think is probably less commonly held and understood. Though in no era do I think it was universal. You could always find someone who was out there for the fame or the money or what have you. And a lot of someone's at that. That this ethic existed at all in the golden age of entertainment is just a very fascinating idea. And one of the reasons why I love this era. Well, we have a listener comment from Richard who writes, Facebook, uh, and this is regarding episode 2433, The Man with the Red Hair. Facebook suggested I might like this. I was surprised as I listened to this episode on my iPod yesterday. Well, thanks so much for the comment, and glad you got a good Facebook suggestion on this. All right, uh, that will do it for today. Reminder, our listener support campaign continues. You can support the show on a one-time basis, support.greatdetectives.net. Send a donation via the Zell service to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Among the thank you gifts that we do have, at the $75 level, I'll be happy to send you a copy of the complete Poirot or the complete uh, Miss Marple short story collections. And that's with a donation of $75 or more. Also, at the $100 level, we'll send you the Kirk Allen Superman serials on DVD. Full list of available thank you gifts over at support.greatdetectives.net. Join us back here tomorrow for Rocky Fortune. Next Monday, another episode of Nightbeat. In the meantime, send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.